Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Jesus came to save the world. And uh, we're all sitting here. Uh, Maybe some of you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior. You know who Jesus is. Uh, You might think that he was a great philosopher, a great teacher. But his mission, really, as God's Son, was to come to this planet for the specific purpose to save people like you and me. To save us from our sin. So we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We all have sin in our lives. We all need God's salvation, uh, his sacrifice on the cross to cover our sin and to save us. And so um, we look at Romans three twenty three and 24. It says this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. See, sin is the thing that separates us from God. Sin is simply us choosing to not allow God to be God in our lives. The original sin affects us all. It's that idea that, that we can live a life with our own ideas being the driving force. Not God's ideas of how he, how he originally created us, how he wanted to be with us, how he wanted us to enjoy his presence and to live the way that he designed us originally to live at peace with him and with everyone. And so deep down, we long for that reconnection with God. And Jesus is the one who makes it possible. He is our savior. John chapter 12, verse 47 says, I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. So when we're involved in this enterprise of of seeing people, experiencing other people in the world, hopefully we become friends with other people, of people that are not yet followers of Jesus. And the first thing we have to keep in mind is just like Jesus We have to not judge other people. All right? That's a hard thing to do. Because people, they don't make, maybe they don't have the same values as we have. They don't have the same kind of lifestyle that we have. They're still making their own decisions about who they want to be. Our role as followers of Jesus and, and ambassadors for Jesus is to not be judgmental. Now, that doesn't mean that we we don't know deep in our hearts that things might be wrong. That's what sin is. Sin is people making their own choices that are not godly choices. But our role is not to point that out to them. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit's role. Our role is to befriend people in such a way that our life becomes this reflection of God's grace. That means that we're able to communicate to those people that 
we're normal human beings who left to our own devices would make our own choices and live in the same ways that they live possibly. And maybe some of us have. Um, even though I claimed to be a Christian when I was younger, I didn't always live like it, like Jesus, right? And so when we grow and we mature in our faith, we realize that there is a lifestyle, a pattern of living that God calls us to. And that's what the scripture is about. But our job is not to take that scripture and push it in somebody's face and say, you're not like this. And so therefore you're a sinner. You're a bad person. Instead, we just live our lives as an example And hopefully we have the courage to be able to communicate that with people in a way that's kind and loving and compassionate, filled with grace, as Jesus says. Now, I have to have to admit, though, that that when you get out there and you start wanting to communicate with people the message of Jesus, sometimes it's a little troubling. It's it's a little difficult. It, It can be a little scary. Now, I want you to know that you're in good company because uh, if you look at, at the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 27, this is Jesus talking. He says this, Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. I want you to know that Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And being fully human, he had human emotions. He laughed at times. He experienced joy, elation, but he also experienced fear. And at this moment, Jesus is laying it out there. You see, we don't normally think of Jesus as as someone who had issues. (laughs) Okay, Uh, We always think, oh man, he was calm, cool all the time. Uh, he was chill, whatever word you want to use, throw in there. You know, he didn't have these issues that we have today. The truth is, is that he was human. And a part of the reason that he came down to be human with us is so that when we looked at Jesus and we experience him in the scriptures, we see stories and we sense his frustration. We sense his love. We all the emotions that we've experienced, he's experienced. And so he can identify with us. That's part of the reason why Jesus came. Is that we can identify with him as a human, especially at the feeling level. But there is something here that reveals that this really bothered Jesus. He knew why he came. He came to save the world. He came to provide a sacrificial offering. One time for all of mankind's sin. And that meant that the perfect person, Jesus, had to give his life and shed his blood so that the sin penalty, death, would be taken care of for all of us. Now, God being God, Jesus, in human form, understands knowing past, present, and future, all things, he knew what was coming. He knew that he would be flogged and stripped naked and hammered to a cross and put up in public for all to see. 
and die an excruciating, excruciatingly painful and humiliating death. He knew that was coming. And that's why this verse is here. What shall I say? Father, save me? Jesus just said, I came to save the world, and now Jesus is saying to the Father, save me. Put yourself in that spot. Is the mission worth the sacrifice? And so many of us in our Western culture have been taught a very comfortable form of Christianity. We've been told by various people that, hey, except Jesus, your sins are going to be forgiven. And from now on, it's all peaches and cream, baby. I mean, God loves you and he's going to bless you. You're not going to have any more problems, right? And yet, after we accept Jesus, we realize that's not true. Yes, we're saved. Yes, we have this hope of an eternal life with the Father in heaven. But at the same time, we, we keep on living on this planet. And, and some of you have experienced some very difficult things in life. If not all of you, all of us, right? And so one of the things that we have to realize is as people who are followers of Jesus, we become his disciples, which means we do the same things that Jesus does. And if Jesus' mission was to save the world, our mission, that becomes our mission. Our mission is to be in the world, as Jesus said, but not of it. So we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds. As we study the scriptures, we see the original plan, the original design that God had for us. How he wanted us to live in union with him and with others in a peaceful coexistence with no judgment. Only love and compassion and grace and mercy for those who have chosen to go their own way, just like we did. And we need to live in such a way that they finally realize that they, it's okay for them to say, you know what, I'm a sinner in need of salvation too. Okay? But it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us. It wasn't easy going for Jesus. Um, you know, he didn't stand up with little clenched fists and say, let's do this. You know, he's, he struggled with this mission that he had because he knew it was going to be costly. And that's a message that we don't hear much about these days. The cost of following Jesus. You see, because we don't live in a situation or in a scenario where it really costs us much. We live in a peaceful society, fairly, right? We're not in a communist country that suppresses the Bible and suppresses the belief in God itself. We're not in a, in a situation or a scenario where we are persecuted for our faith and our belief in Jesus. Do you know that right now, as we sit here in this peaceful, nice situation, there are people who are literally being killed, put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. Right? So, you know, think about that. Just for a moment, imagine yourself in a situation where it could mean your death if you talk openly about Jesus. Right? It's a reality. 
It's a reality. So, so when, when we are asked to share our faith with other people, you know, and we cringe a little bit and we back off and we say, oh, I'm not so sure I can do that. In comparison to what some others are, have experienced because they put themselves on mission, they, they put themselves out there and admit that they are a follower of Jesus and it could mean their, their life or the life of their family and their loved ones. It's serious business. And so like Jesus, it was troubling for him. But in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul, Saul, Paul, talking. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way of worship to him, the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Those are some powerful words from a person who used to persecute Christians, was transformed, and then he studied the scriptures with other believers, some of the other disciples, some say uh, there are traditions that say that, that he actually went away for a time for two or three years and spent time learning the scriptures with them. Now, this is a person who already knew the scriptures. He himself was a rabbi. He himself had studied the scriptures. He probably memorized at least at minimum the first five books of the Bible. Right. It's not that he didn't know the words. He didn't know the meaning behind the words. And so he had to sit with Jesus' disciples and learn about that. It took him a couple, couple of years to figure it out, all the nuances. And then he went around as a missionary for years talking and, and telling about, about Jesus to other people. And ultimately, he was put in prison and killed. To him, it was worth it. You know that every single one of the disciples, save for Judas, every one of them, including the one who who replaced Judas, eventually was killed for their faith. Now, the only one who lived to old age was John, but um, he was actually executed, put into a pot of boiling oil, and guess what? He lived. He lived. And so in order to make sure that everybody else thought he was dead, he was exiled to the island of Patmos, right? Which was like a, a place where, where they sent prisoners that they didn't want to do, deal with anymore. And they put them there until they died, basically. So they, he was declared dead. So to everybody else, he was dead. But during that time on the island of Patmos, guess what? That's when he book, wrote the book of Revelation. See, Jesus wasn't done with him yet. Wow. But to go through that experience, can you imagine? See, many, many people throughout history have laid their lives on the line for Jesus. And we need to to revisit the idea, the truth, that God's will for us is to be involved in Christ-like sacrificial living as we seek to save the lost. That's our mission. 
That's our mission. To save the lost. So, does that thought trouble your heart at all? Send a little flutter in there? Make you a little afraid? You know what? It should. Jesus thought about the sacrifices that he had to make, and it bothered him. But he took that that energy that that he had that he was putting into the, the that worry, and then he what he translated that into talking to God about it. And and he was reminded by the Father, it's okay, I am with you. I am with you. God is with us the whole time. Now, um, why is it so scary? Because saving people requires talking. Do you know the number one fear, number one fear, at least in, in you know, our, our society is what? Public speaking. That's right. It, it is number one, and guess what's second? Death. Okay. Right. <laughs> so oh, here we are, right? We have elevated public speaking above dying as the number one fear that we have. And, and, you know, some of you don't know this, but um, I, I get a little afraid before every Sunday sermon. I do. I do. You know, if you see me kind of cowering over in the corner a little bit, I don't engage, you know, right before the sermon. I'm processing things because even though I do it all the time, I still get afraid every every week. Open my mouth to be able to speak. Okay? Not just because... I'm afraid to talk to people. I mean, you all look great. You know, you don't, you're, not, you're not scary. Well, most of you, you know. Um, but uh, to be able to just to speak out for Jesus. I remember um, when I went to high school, uh, I met this guy. He was in my Spanish class, and he was kind of funny like me, and, and he liked to do practical jokes. We became best friends. And uh, so I hung out with him, and, and he wasn't a Christian. He didn't go to church. Or anything, and I was his friend for for about two years, and then I finally, 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 I, I never invited him to my church. I never, and, and and he knew I was a Christian. We talked a little bit about stuff, you know, church and stuff. He asked some questions and things, and um, it was about two years in, and finally I got up the courage to ask him if he wanted to accept Jesus. And you know what his response was. I was wondering when you were going to ask. And he accepted Christ. You know that it's true that people are more willing to respond than we are willing to talk. We we need to believe that there is power in the message of Jesus. Because it's the Spirit of God who actually convicts people of sin. He is the one who actuates the salvation process. But we need to open our mouths, right? Mark 1, 38, Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. We got to preach. We got to talk. Now, you don't have to preach like me, all right? Um, You just say what you need to say about your relationship with God. 
Tell someone your story. That's all you have to do. Just tell your story, whether you're born in a Christian family or not. Um, many of you, um, just tell about your encounter with Jesus. And just tell them how much you needed that relationship with God. And God will do his work. I'm positive. Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? I mean, hello, this is the big hello, okay? And he says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The word gospel means good news. This is good news. You know, when you get good news, we normally like to share it with people, right? I mean, something good happens. Um, you got a gift that you just like, wow, that was awesome. You tell somebody, right? You just got engaged. You tell somebody, okay? You're going to have a baby. Well, you don't tell them too fast, you know. But, uh, you know, you, but you, the big reveal, woo, right? It's an awesome time. I mean, you start thinking about all the ways and that we have actually gotten excited and told our friends and our family something good that has happened. That's all witnessing is. It's just telling people the good that has happened, that Jesus has come to save me. I needed, I needed his salvation. And he was able to, with much grace and mercy and compassion and love, he sacrificed himself for me. That's all you have to tell someone, right? And does it make you afraid? Well, that's okay. Step out there. This is why, actually, I think that God sent them out in twos. Right? He had 12 disciples, but he sent them out in pairs, you know? It was for one to elbow the other one, you know? Come on, let's do this, you know? Or you can do this. Um, yeah. Do it, do it together with a friend. Maybe invite someone to your house. So, you know, just let people know that they are loved. So what do we learn? You start by declaring yourself the worst of sinners. That's it. Just have a clear view of who you are, who you were, and who you still sometimes are, and refrain from being judgmental to anybody, number one. Number two, remember sacrifice is scary, is scary. It might mean that you move, it might mean that you give away a bunch of money, it might mean that you have to what? Talk, right? But make a plan to engage in some way, shape, or form with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Just become their friend. Just be nice to them. And that sometimes that, that takes a little while, right? And there are no guarantees that they will say yes. Right? But that's no reflection on you. Because they are dealing with the Holy Spirit. Trying to get into their heart and mind so they understand that they need Jesus. Right? And then third, when, it, when it's appropriate... Don't stay silent. Be willing to be vulnerable. Be willing to tell 
the story of how Jesus has saved you and tell them the good news, the good news. That's all we need to do, right? Okay, let's pray together. God, thank you that you love us so much that you came to be with us. You came to save us. And God, we admit that more times than not, we, we don't have that at the, at the front of our daily mission. Help us to have eyes to see those around us who just need you. Help us not to be judgmental, but be friendly, be kind, be courteous, be compassionate, be full of grace and mercy. Lord, help us to be like you and where we can, can in our generous spirit, be kind. Help us to do that. And then help us, Lord, to move beyond our fear and be able to speak a word of love and encouragement and an invitation that people can come to faith to know Jesus as their personal Savior. God, thank you that you're here for us, but you are here for all. And we want to be involved in that mission that you put us on, God. And we thank you for the power to be able to get it done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.